Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Publishing Tips and Tricks Show, a series designed to give you insight into the world of self-publishing and marketing your books. I'm Shannon, writing under the pen name SD Houston, and I'm here today with my co-host. I'm Ben Pick. And I'm Morgan Lee. And we're here today with award-winning fantasy author Robert G. Culp. We're going to ask him questions about his self-publishing journey and how he markets his work. But before we jump into the interview, do you guys have any news or points of interest that you want to talk about for this brand new year? Certainly, certainly. I have a lot of big goals for 2023. And if my math is correct, then this video will come out a week after I do my own intro to 2023 and all those goals that I have for my own channel on writing to write. But essentially, I want to write a complete book by 2023, which is something I haven't done before. Every single the two books I've written have taken multiple years to do. So I'm trying to do this faster with a better and consistent process. So that's why I have. I also want to try and expand on my marketing to promote my channel and my books better. Nice. Yeah, so for me, um, I'm still planning exactly what I want, where I want my channel to go in 2023. Uh, but the biggest goal that I have is getting book three of my trilogy finished and having the whole series out, planning to release them on hardback and do a box set hopefully uh, next or this year. And um, for my channel, I'm, ho I'm aiming towards weekly videos. So stay tuned for that if you subscribe. <laughs> So you guys have some um, good plans for your YouTube channel. I'm kind of cutting back a little bit on my YouTube channel this year because I want to dedicate more time to writing. I realize I love doing YouTube and it will suck me right in <laughs> to doing more and more instead of writing. And I was not good at my time management last year because I, I had hopes to have more written last year. So this year I'm having a different plan moving forward and I'm hoping to get more written. I hope to have a few books written with one or two being published. I think this is going to be a good step in the right direction for me. Now let's talk about our guest author today. Robert G. Culp was born in the small town of Stuttgart, Arkansas, and is the award-winning author of the Mystic Brat Journals, a series of three titles with a fourth in progress. The books follow students at a top secret government where teenagers are taught to fight the mythical, mystical, and cursed dragons that surround the world. His standalone short story, Miraville, is also set within the same continuity. In his free time, Robert enjoys watching TV shows and films, reading urban fantasy books, comic books, and online fan fiction, while researching Greek mythology, supernatural legends, and Arthurian lore. His greatest achievement is to make his readers happy and entertain them with a few pages of pure escapism. Hello, everyone. Hi, welcome, welcome. Robert. Would you please take a moment to introduce yourself and talk about anything that we might have missed? Yes, I actually do have two other series currently in um, progress. I have right now a perma-free ebook, Olympus Rising. It's actually become a surprise hit, and I can't wait to do more. It's kind of the lead into the next Mystic Rap Journals book. Also, I have a series called A Shattered Spell that currently just got its first sequel released. And other than that, I think you pretty much nailed it. Wow, that you've been busy since we last talked, which is great. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, happy for your success with Olympia Rising. Thank you. Before we jump into the questions of self-publishing and marketing your books, could you tell us what made you want to start writing and a little bit about your journey to self-publishing that first book? Oh, well, um, I guess what made me first start writing, see, I was homeschooled for most of my life, but before I was, I did have a short time in grade school, and every time I would just be in the cafeteria, I always just talk about movies and books with other kids in my class, and when I would even just be in class, I would try and hurry through whatever assignment I was doing and rush to the back room just to get a book to read uh, from our local library in there, and I always loved just telling stories of my own. But when I first started just really wanting to write and have inspiration, it was back in 2010. They had just released Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the first movie. And I never read any of the books whatsoever. And I just went there completely blind watching the movie. I was like, 
really? That was based off a of book that, you know, because I was a huge Harry Potter. And I was like, that's not even as good as Harry Potter. I mean, I could write something better than that. That was just. Uh. And so I started writing, taking my own inspiration. Because I always loved just like Arthurian lore and all the stuff like that. And I was like, well, there's not too many books really about moder modernizing that. And I just started writing like in this notebook with a pen. I didn't even really think about using a computer or anything else or a phone or anything. Just I just started writing. I'm having trouble doing this. And I was like, why don't I get that book that movie was based off of? And I ended up getting the first version. I was like, this is completely different. This is really well done. And I've been, ended up being a fan of that. Finally, in 2018, I, I finally had what I thought the way I wanted. And I had like this old Dell desktop computer that was released back, I want to say in like 2006 at the time. I was trying to type it on that, but it wasn't working. So I used a very early iPhone model to write it up with. And I was doing research, trying to find, you know, how I could like either cement. I found out about self-publishing through Kindle Direct Publishing. And I was very wet behind the ears. I didn't know about, you know, YouTube videos about self-publishing. I just went ahead and did it. And it was, now I look back and it's just bare. Very embarrassing how many mistakes I made there. I was just so determined I was going to do it. I, I had everything in it. I was just young and stupid in that way. I even went on to try different platforms with print distribution, like with Barnes Noble Press. But as I kept going, I was like, oh, I made a lot of mistakes there. I got to change this. I got to do better. I, that's when I started doing the research, went on YouTube and just started looking all the information I could. And that's when I just slowly started trying to up my game, looked up more cover design. I would do DIY covers myself because I couldn't really afford cover design. I just kept on. And I was like, okay, even if I don't make a huge profit at this. I'm just going to keep riding as long as I make, you know, a few sales and make a few people happy. That's the main goal I'm doing this for. I want to be successful in business. And right now, I'm really happy I did so because a lot of people are responding positive to some of my books. But I'm actually happy and excited for stuff I have going forward. And that's kind of from point A to point B, I guess. Ah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I am really glad that you went ahead and read the book the movie was based on because I completely agree that movie does not do yep. justice to the source material. And yep. Rick Riordan is a master craftsman along with oh, yeah. the assorted authors who get included in that universe and if you just watch the movies you are missing out oh definitely i am a lifelong Percy jackson fan i went ahead and read the rest of the whole first series but i am a lifelong fan of his and all those i haven't been able to read magnus chase either but i'm looking forward to when i get the chance oh they were fun they were fun i was hoping that you could expand on some of your experience with dale's podcast but could you tell us what the goal is maybe some of the changes that you made following being on his podcast oh yeah, oh, yeah definitely when you're in the process of it i was a big fan of dale's youtube channel i saw he was doing book rescue and i saw that pilot episode and i wound up applying to be part of the first season of it and it was really just kind of like lightning a bottle or just really fast paced one time because i was sure he was just getting like hundreds of probably submissions for that and he kind of contacted me you know it was over a dm on twitter and we started talking and i was like oh this is gonna be really fun you know he was really easy to work with just you know especially just that initial talk and we had like a brief interview and we we discussed everything and just really the goal of book rescue and my goal in particular was he's trying to help authors either low income or hard situations find a way to really improve and learn as you go and learn proper ways to do things and how you can structure things and just really help you gain momentum that you can build upon going forward and that was really just both of our goals for that and we did that first interview and then we went on to um do honestly the first episode was you know talking about how i formatted with my phone and everything and i will say he's the easiest guy you can talk to when you're doing stuff like that and then like afterwards we started doing like keyword research i definitely implement everything and every research now i've even found ways to implement that in wide distribution on other platforms and definitely a learn you go process but it was really coming handy there and the cover design definitely helped i'd always been like just a diy cover designer and i never knew anything about how to order a professional cover he introduced me to olivia pro design on fiverr and dale told me here 
you know, just try and type up a particular cover design. I was like, well, how do I do that? And he, and he, he gave me some tips and I went in there and also the book descriptions helped a lot. That's actually one of my favorite parts was the book description. It was really cool because I was doing that completely wrong. I had like these big, huge textiles of blurbs. It was kind of just like amazing to, you know, to do that. Word it probably uses one template and you could do like in a million different ways. Really the whole goal of book rescue and the whole goal we had was just really trying to give the knowledge of how to do things. You give like this basic template, but you can always take it and form it and rework it that fits for you. Never be afraid to ask questions, learn and grow. It's very helpful in a lot of ways learning from all that. I definitely take bits and pieces of what I learned there and still apply it in different ways, whether it's in marketing or just practicality when I'm publishing. And it was just a very overall great experience. And I have to say, I watched that whole series. I was Book Rescue on self-publishing with Dale on YouTube. He also has a Dale L. Roberts YouTube channel, which are both great channels to go to to get information about self-publishing and uh, i was i was blown away by how much he was able to help you in your books robert i, I loved all those episodes thank you um, yeah yeah it was he helped he did help me a lot i've learned so much in fact um this month i was looking on my sales dashboard and just with the perma free download that we have alone i have crossed the threshold of a thousand downloads of that book on there and it was just it's just remarkable seeing that even uh, so yeah, you um, kind of explained all of the things that you learned from being on the show. So can you expand a little bit on how your process for self-publishing your books and how your books have changed since being on the show? Okay, that's actually a very interesting question because with Dale, he was, you know, he had that, we had that basic template I always follow. Like, and one thing he was very strict with is do like, an email newsletter, you know, to build up your support, always do marketing in advance. And he's very much a schedule person. And I very much try to do that. But the computer that, you know, he helped me acquire at the end of that, it on bus and I didn't know why. And I couldn't afford to get it even looked at or anything. And because of the updates they did to MailerLite, I couldn't use even my phone or, or iPad to do a desktop, you know, fake desktop browser. So that threw me off just with schedule-wise because my local library even just would shut down or have computers glitching left and right. So I just couldn't get it. It was just always sporadically. So I had to take what he did and just like really just work it because with my life, it is very much sporadic. There's not really just any day I can just ever just go, this is what I'm going to do this day. And I had to just kind of improvise what I didn't just take that template and evolve it to do the Miraville sequel. I was like, okay, I need to get this out there. And I was using Story Origin and I can't say enough good things about Story Origin. The best experience I have of that is the arc readers for audiobooks. That has just been really helpful in that. But I want to make sure this is going to work. I want to get good marketing up for it. And I've heard about Inkit on, um, I think it was the Alliance of Independent Authors podcast. So I submitted both of them. They're the new versions before I did anywhere else. I was like, I want to do it like an experiment here. Because I want to see if I can get beta readers here, this and that, and get feedback before I go publishing with the new versions, you know, completely. And I did. And actually, I was surprised by that because Inkit has this huge analytical area. And it just let me see, like, different things and feedback, comments. And it helped me prepare, you no know, marketing-wise. And also, I went ahead and just tried to push it wide. I know what I'm doing now with this. I went ahead and published it. And I've had really good responses to it on both sides with downloads and sales and what's weird is i guess the biggest formula i've had to take from that template and change is amazon is good i've gotten a good amount of sales from amazon on on, on kindle but paperback wise not really a lot so what i did was reaching out to other libraries getting some goodwill getting able to reach you know reach out to them it's weird just all of a sudden now all my sales are mainly coming from library distribution so i i basically will now aim my target like for just either reaching out to libraries or like going wide on both paperback or ebook but i will still use the the keyword um, that Dale taught me and just kind of tweak it. It's all just about basically using that main template now. I still implement everything he taught me just in completely different ways.
If you could pass on one thing to aspiring self-published writers, what's your best publishing tip or trick? Oh my gosh, I would say never be afraid to take a work and just tear into redo it. Even if you have it published, if it's not doing sales or anything, or you can't get anything, just don't be afraid to relook at it. Don't be afraid to always just try and learn, grow and evolve and change with yourself as a writer and your, and your readers. I like that advice, that reminder that writing is evolving, so it's okay to change. So I really appreciate that advice. So we're going to move a little bit over to marketing. So you mentioned your experiment with Inkit. Can you tell us a little bit about the results of that experiment and maybe what your specific goals were and then what results have you gotten so far? Yes. Um, actually, I'd love to because it's weird. Um, at first, when I did it, the only book I could really do it with was Olympus Rising. And I just really put on, I was like, you know, it's a perm-free book. It's not going to hurt, you know, putting it on there. And I, and I was like, because I was already having plans to do it with Miracle, but I was like, let's just do Olympus Rising first, see how it does. And the moment I put on Olympus Rising, it was just taking off, getting downloads every day. And I, wow. And Inkit has this very interactive analytical tool. It will tell you the age group of the readers that are reading your book. It will tell you their gender. It will tell you, like, their binge rate. Like, how they go from each chapter. How, like, they drop off either at one point or where they pick back up and the continuous flow of that. And I was like, I really like this. I can really implement this. Because um, if you remember on um, Dale's podcast, we're on Book Rescue. It's where um, I was talking with Johnny. When we were talking, he says, Robert, what's your um, what's your reader base? What age are they? You know, I, I, he said, I know you're doing young adult, but I know there's sometimes cross in between. And, like, like what gender is your audience and i couldn't answer this because i was like i didn't have the momentum and inkit actually helped me see just what age group continuously reach with it and what gender and everything else and it was their analytical was just amazing i was like oh, okay cool and so that's when i want to put miraville and sequel city of the slain on there you know they're both little novellas and it just another continuous series and i put them on there too and i was and they started taking off what's weird is those two books you know took off more than even what olympus rising did and it's the exact opposite actually everywhere else with olympus rising miraville and every other's independent published platform. Maryville and Sunny is saying they both have great binge rates. I was like, oh, okay. Not but all of a sudden like there were these people just binge reading it for hours on end. And I was like, okay, because you gotta realize I did not advertise. I was doing this on any socials. I didn't do this on a newsletter. I just went in and blind. I want to say okay, I just want to see how this does completely without any added thing to it at all. And I did and I was very happy with the results of that because it was just amazing getting all that analytical data in there. And I'm currently utilizing that in my new marketing strategy and also implementing just what I'm learning about what chapters worked with people and what didn't and implementing them the writing structure going forward on both it and Olympus Rising. So I'm loving just the data I'm getting, the tools I can implement going forward. So we've had a, a past author, uh, Emma Ward, who uses Inkit for a very different reason. Um, but I think that both of them, both reasons are, are great. And I am actually, I did not know that Inkit did analytical uh, yeah. information. So that's definitely interesting. And, you know, that is like another avenue for authors to yeah. use if they do have a free book. That's not like in KDP because right now I'm I'm only in KDP, so I are in the KU program, so I cannot publish it elsewhere. But I plan to go wide this year, and that would be a great place for me to try. It. And I would never even known that if I hadn't talked to you today. So <laughs> I'm so thankful for that. Thank uh, you. Okay, so Voracious Readers Only is a website where readers are matched up with authors, where the readers receive the author's published work in the hopes that the reader might leave a review and build word of mouth. And I have actually used Voracious Readers Only for quite a while since uh, before this time last year at, when I first started publishing. And it, I used it to build my email list and to increase my number of book reviews, which I would say that that's one program where I've gotten the most of my book reviews from. You also mentioned that you use the free trial Yes. of Voracious Readers only alongside your Inkit experiment to boost promotion yes. for Olympus Rising. So can you tell us about your results? 
Yes. Um, it's funny. I, it's funny that, um, you mentioned that cause, um, I, ne I never heard of him before. And all of a sudden, you know, like right when we were finishing up book rescue, um, Dale DM to me on, um, I can't remember if it was discord or Twitter, but he DM me and he said, Hey, I've been, I've been hearing about this, you know, maybe this would work for us. Like, Oh, okay, cool. And I looked into, it, I was like, Oh yeah, why not try it? And I, you know, talked to him and the customer service there, it is great. It is awesome. They were really fast and really just nice, great people. Cause I remember I was talking to them getting prepared for the promotion and I was sending them like, and they said, Oh, we need like a Moby file and this. And I was like, mm. cause I like, I just use drafted digitally, you know, for all my formatting. And I sent it a copy of that for Olympus Rise. And I said, Oh, this isn't working too well. Is there any way you can send a different version? I was like, Oh no, I don't have any other way I can convert this. And he said, Oh no worries. We'll do it. And like, they converted it even to the Moby file. And when it finally did launch, I was real nervous. Like, okay. Is this going to do great or not? Because I I just went in this completely blind. Yeah, I was really surprised. I got a lot of uh, newsletter signups, which I'm actually looking forward to implementing because I recently just finally had enough money saved up to get a uh, computer, you know, Dell gave me for repair. And I got that fixed now. And so I'm looking to implementing that going forward. But it built up a lot of great, great readers to put in the news list. And then also, I got some actually very good reviews from Olympus. I mean, there was only really one negative, and I don't really... Look at it's negative. They like gave me a two star, and the reason they did was this was such a great book. It's just too short. I wanted to keep going. I was like, okay, well, that's not that bad. That's actually a pretty good review. You know, it's a bad review. It's a good one. And like there were generally, generally a good, good and honest reviews and ratings that came out of that. And I actually cannot say enough nice things about it. It still bumped up my main rating on Amazon and Goodreads, and it just really helped bolster. I think people wanted to take a chance, even just on a primary. And that actually helped people. You know, the more just those early few ratings and Olympus Rising, just you know, because those little bumps in there from those ratings, and also what I did from GetBooksReview.com, it's now just gaining more momentum with people. Olympus Rising now has the same amount and average of ratings. It just did a better or even average. And right, I can't say enough nice things about that platform giving me the opportunity to help get to that. And I'm lo actually looking forward to trying. I think they said they're doing like even a new trial for former free trial users. And I'm looking to, forward to implementing when I get the chance. So I can't say enough nice things about that. Me too. I can't wait to try it with my next series. <laughs> Yeah, nice, I mean, nice. they, it's really cool. I love them. You know, it's awesome. Sounds like it. And I'll definitely have to do some more research to see if I can incorporate my books into it too. It's, you definitely inspired me to try it out. <laughs> Thank you. Now you do use free AI mobile apps to create character art for your author website and you plan to utilize it in your marketing going forward. Can you please tell us how you came to this unique marketing idea and how do you see it working for you in the future? Um, yes, I actually, how I started doing that was, it was when like a, my computer was offline. I was trying to find new ways to implement it. And one thing I always loved about like the books I would read, whether it was Percy Jackson, Harry Potter, or uh, Mortal Instruments, I always loved that they would have these really beautifully designed character art. You could either put, they could put in the back of their books or like on their author websites. I remember when I first saw about AI generate art, I was just very new to it. I was trying out and like sent our in on mobile. And that's just really great for like main portraits. And it came out really well. And I remember putting it on my website as soon as I could. I'm currently using like um, Wonder AI in conjunction with Synthron. And then I'll use like even the face app every now and then to mold those three different ones. Because Synthron does a lot better with just the face portraits. And then Wonder can do really great full body. But you just got to be careful with exact text commands. But that works great. And then like face app, I will use to combine the two AI arts with the Synthron um, facial features with the Wonder body features. And so I'll take face app and use that to mold the faces more and like even use other third party apps to mold the faces more to what I picture um, being like the characters in the books. Really interesting to me on that because I'm like, okay, if I do an ebook, I can now add those. Like if I do a re-release, I can go, oh, now get this ebook with special character art for this book. See how these characters look completely for the first time 
in this and I'm, uh, that's how i kind of plan on implementing it but also plan on like just doing like little segments on my blog or newsletter I'm, now that i have the computer back i'm probably first look at the character art on um, my email newsletter basically send out the fans like i'm first look hey is this how you picture the characters looking when you read because i know as a as a reader like when i'm reading like harry potter or percy jackson or more instruments um i have my own idea of what the characters look like and sometimes it can vary completely differently from what the author has for the you know book art that they'll put promotionally online or their website or even from the movies and so i think that would actually be a great way to interact with readers like whether it be on my website or social media or my news or however I, which way i decide to go would be a great way to interact with readers i think that could be really interesting to implement going forward because one of the main drawbacks is when you do a art sometimes you can get in trouble for this like get, getting profit or royalties off of it but if you release it's like a perma free ebook which is saying hey this is what you guys inspired and you know you all help me do this i'm gonna put like on amazon and wide as a perma free you know just for all of you from what you helped it inspire and everything to me as thank you to the readers and i think that could really help as a perma free like you know for them to get just a visual take of what I'm putting in there for the page for them to read on others and kind of help promote in that sense. So that's kind of going to be my plan going forward. I kind of did the same thing. I played around with Mid Journey this past year when I was doing my box set, and I actually had my newsletter readers. They, I told them, give me random numbers, and it pulled random lines out of the book and put them into Mid Journey just as it was. Yeah, and then I got several pictures back, and then I did those as polls with my newsletter. Say, hey, which one do you like better for this line? I enjoyed doing that. I have not had the chance to try Mid Journey yet. I've looked onto the Discord. It is just very it's hard to understand how to work that, <laughs> um, but I've heard great things about it. Well, I've watched YouTube videos and it sounds amazing and I'm really looking forward just dipping my toes more into that and everything else out there. So I definitely, I love that you said you're doing that too. It definitely makes me feel more, more at ease trying this and thank you for sharing that with me. It's just awesome. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And, and Mid Journey can be very overwhelming when you first go in there and like, what, oh, yeah, what? Definitely. What channel? Because it is all through Discord right now. Uh, so, although I've heard they're trying to move everything to a, a, a website, but I don't know, or another site. Yeah, so I don't know. Because I do have a website for everyone's portfolio, but so I, I don't know what their plans are exactly. But. All right, so if you can only pass on one thing to aspiring self-published writers, what's your best marketing tip or trick? Oh, if I had to go just marketing, it's always, I guess marketing would be is don't be afraid to step out your side of your comfort zone, but also like don't be afraid to look outside the box because I will say it's one thing when I was talking to Dale and Johnny, they, Johnny would always say, look, Robert, you need to look at it also from an analytical standpoint, but you also need to look at it creatively. You need to be able to mesh the two together, you know, because he said, you're only looking at it creatively right now, but you're not doing as much as you should. And also you're not looking at it analytically enough. And at the time I was like, I was trying to just think very much on it. And one thing I've really taken from that experience is definitely look at things like this is what I need to do. This is what's working, what not. You need to look at this, this, and definitely look at the number side. But never be afraid just to go completely out there, try something completely new while implementing that in there. Never be just afraid to try, like we were talking about with the AR or like I was talking about with the inkit analytics or just really just try. Don't be afraid to try because most time marketing things will fail, but you never give up. You always keep learning. You pick yourself up. You go out there. You never be afraid to put yourself out there and just keep trying. Just it's kind of the fun part of being your own publisher, your independent author in self-publishing. It's just kind of the fun and the worst part is the marketing aspect. But it's fun in a way because you're like, okay, this didn't work, but how am I going to come back from? How am I going to keep going and just keep finding that thing that really works? And as a writer, that is kind of just fun in a way because it's like you're writing your own story and you have no idea what the outcome is going to be. You know what you want it to be, but you don't. Just So just try anything you think. Nothing is really unorth nothing's too unorthodox is off the table. Always keep trying, but always also keep in mind what you've learned previously. I'm a person that learns this way with my philosophy. When you make a mistake, even if it's the most embarrassing mistake you can make, you learn from it and you don't make that mistake again. 
and you just keep going. And that's just kind of the best advice I can get. That's wonderful advice and that definitely helps. What does your typical writing life look like? Do you plan to write for a set period of time every day? Do you have a weekly, monthly, yearly workout goals? Actually, I do have, I usually have a goal. Like with when it comes to like the Mr. Brat Journal and book series I do, I try to always have a book published in that series within every other year. And also like with, but with other books like the novellas, like with Miraville and, and Zayn Assign, that series, you know, Shower Spell, it's very much more sporadic because I'm still trying to find my footing with that. So that one I really don't ever just have a set writing plan with. But with the next book in the following series, since it's kind of a tie-in series with the next, you know, trilogy of Mystery Brat Journal books, I'm trying just to write uh, the next Mystery Brat book, then write that. Because I was reading um, a blog post on Book Rush about fantasy authors and series and also just fiction series in general about sometimes how it helps just to have the full things written before you completely publish them early so that way you can't have a release schedule and i've been seriously thinking about implementing that for the next mystic brat journal series going forward especially with how just kind of symbiotic each book is going to end and go in with the tie-in ones also and now just writing goal wise it's just kind of very much as braddock so i'm basically i will usually try to i know it's gonna sound weird but i write usually between the hours of like 11 30 at night and 2 in the morning i will write and then like when i have some time during the day i'll try and do some rough edits and just keep going from there and that's kind of just basically schedule it's very sporadic but at the same time i have i have a goal, game plan set and everything so you're one of those night owls who likes to write at night oh yeah definitely and what's weird is now that i have the computer back where i can write on it i feel really just weird sitting in place right because i would always write on my phone and i would be like downstairs in my kitchen late at night like that and i'd be pacing around typing on my phone as i write and it's just weird now sitting stationary <laughs> actually can you tell us what influences your writing oh gosh there is a lot actually it's like if i read or watch something that i just really connect to either just on emotional base or as a, a fan or whatever it's it's gonna influence in some ways like with night school like I told you, the first thing that made me want to write was seeing that first Bruce Jackson film, and I just couldn't stand it. And then when I still read the books, I loved it, so that influenced it somewhat. But the biggest just writing influence on that series, how it evolved going forward, like, you know, there was little bits of Percy Jackson, Harry Potter in that first book, but just going forward, I just really started getting into the Moral Instrument series. So that heavily influenced that with the romance aspect. And like, it was just subconsciously, like someone points out in one of their reviews, so when I was first publishing, going, oh man, you should like, you know, put this as part of a romance category. I was like, oh really? I didn't know I was consciously doing that. And... I just uh, went and I like I was like oh, okay yeah I can play this up and so very much kind of like when I read like a epic romance character like in Moral Instruments it's just either whether it's consciously or subconsciously it'll inspire me like for what I'm writing there and like with Miraville um very lot of the inspiration for Miraville was basically like what if you took characters from like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and mix them with like a, a weird mind-bending thing like the first season of Once Upon a Time was, you know, with characters who used to be one thing, but then they completely get changed to another when they go into this different reality. And so there's a lot of that that influenced them. Like Olympus Rising actually inspired me on that one was, I was like in like an online Percy Jackson fan group and I'm talking to a lot of the fans and one of them were saying like, oh man, I love that series, but I never could get into Ares and Aphrodite on there. You know, they have such a toxic relationship being both Greek mythology and in that series, even though it's actually portrayed there. And I was like, oh, and I was just kind of been thinking like, that would be an interesting thing as a writer tackle. If you could take the most toxic romance in like Greek mythology and spin around and put a modern day twist on it where you can make it a real sweet and emotional one going forward, make them the characters people could root for it. And just, it was like a fun little challenge. You know, some of the other just series I was looking up for Greek mythology, just some of the darker elements in that, and how like some of that inspired like from biblical takes. If you do enough research, you can see the inspirations into each other. And I molded those together and now it's become just the best one. Cause I was, it's just like a little one-off. I wasn't expecting it ever just to be great. It was just like a little funny thing. I was just like a little challenge I was giving myself. And it's weird how this, when you're, when you really just are inspired just to try something, you don't, you think, oh 
it's not going to be good. It's just going to be fun. But yeah, those are just kind of like the inspirations. Definitely writing wise, I'd say Cassandra Clare and um, J.K. Rowling, Rick Riordan, their writing, you know, from those growing up definitely influenced me. But dialogue wise, it's definitely like dialogue from shows like Buffy, Once Upon a Time, just, and I just love all that stuff. So I'll take a lot of things just, and even like stuff from my life or people I know I'll incorporate in there sometimes. I'm a big fan of the what if questions to get started with writing influences and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, that is my favorite thing because I love it because actually that's what I have plans for Miracle because my mom and I, we were big fans of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And we'd always talk about in, the, in some seasons like, why did they do this? You know what would have been cool is what if this would happen? We always talk about what ifs on that. And I'm actually taking a lot of those ideas we had and implementing those in the Miracle series and certain characters and stuff. So it, I, I, when you said what if, that is just my favorite idea as a writer. Well, can you tell us what you're working on next and when it will come out? Um, yes, actually, I do have two new audiobooks. Books have recently been released. It was the audiobook adaption of Fugitives of Destiny, the second book in the Mr. Bright Journal, and also Olympus Rising. That has just actually been released, I think, about two weeks ago. And I'm currently working with a narrator on the third Mystic Bratz. And I'm really loving it. Um, Wayne Keller is the narrator on there. He is very, he brings just such an awesome bit of humanity and emotion to all the characters. And um, I can't wait for more listeners to hear. Also, I am currently working, I have like the first two or three chapters in this um, third book in the Shared Spell series. And I currently am halfway through the second draft of um, the fourth uh, Mr. Brett Journal's book. I actually already have a cover ready to go on that. You know, people are interested in seeing what a hint of what that's going to be like in the little blurb. They can go to um, my author website. And I think people are going to be happy when it does come out. I know it's been a long wait for that one. But I think people are going to be happy when it does come out. So I have all that in the works. And I actually am currently doing an outline of a potential um, new series that's in interconnected in that universe of books with Shar Spell, The Fallen, and, you know, Miss Reginals. I have a lot planned, and I think um, readers hopefully will be very excited when they do get all released. So I would agree. Yeah, you have a ton of stuff planned for this next year. And I wish you the best of luck for all of your projects and hope they come out the way that you would like them to. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you've answered all of our questions, but before we wrap up, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you and purchase your books? Oh, yes. They can find me on um, Amazon. I've now completely gone wide on all my books, so they can find me on like ebook stores like Kobo, um, Google Play, Nook. Also, hey, if you have a library, feel free to reach out. Tell them you would love, like whether it's ebook or paperback, because all my books are listed through Overdrive, Hoopla, and everything else. So, well, actually, just two so far on Hoopla. It's been a long wait line for a lot of others, but I can't wait to get on there. For the other so yeah, you can find me on all those. And I'm also on Twitter. That's the main social I use now. RobertGCult.com is my author website. And there's even a contact me form on there. If you ever want to reach out, you know, as long as it's something like, you know, just a bot or whatever, I always double check that. I'll be happy to reach out and answer any questions you have. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Robert. And bringing to light some new things that we can all um, have a chance to try out for our own books. Thank you. I had a great time. Thank you so much to our listeners and viewers. February 1st, we'll have our first guest for a specific topic episode. We are looking forward to interviewing Natalie Jensets, a wellness content writer and writing coach who will share tips indie authors can use in their copywriting for marketing, as well as structuring tips, which is completely different from writing a book. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.